Man, I don't know why that trap beat just gets me every time. Every time I walk up to it, it's like, <laughs> it's great. Welcome, welcome back um, to another week in this series uh, that we've called um, Amago Day. I hope that you've been having a fantastic Fourth of July weekend, um, celebrating our nation's independence and the many freedoms uh, that we participate in and enjoy in this country. Um, today, we actually have two groups, two groups of waypointers heading out uh, using this freedom uh, that we, we're celebrating to go and serve. Um, and so before we go any further this morning, I just want to take a moment to lift up uh, those waypointers um, and just uh, those, those friends, the family that we have uh, going and serving. And I just want to lift them up in, in prayer right now. Uh, so... Um, if you guys would, uh, just please, we'll, we'll pray. We'll pray just corporately for them. So if you would, bow your heads with me. Jesus, we're so thankful and so grateful this morning that even you, Lord, did not come to be served, but to serve. And so God, as we as, 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 we as a church uh, spend this week living, and those of, those, of that, those of waypointers that are outgoing to serve, God, we're grateful for them. We believe that in this capacity, uh, man, they are being your hands and feet this week. God, as they go and serve humbly in love, uh, that they are resembling you, that they are bearing your image. So I just pray that uh, that is on their minds this week that they're encouraged, strengthened, and filled with hope and joy as they go and serve in those, in those communities this week. So again, we thank you for them, um, and uh, God, we're grateful. We love you. We praise you. Amen. So yeah, if, um, if you can, just keep, keep those two groups this week um, in your prayers. Uh, we've got our, our students, our WSM students, uh, they're heading to Nashville, Tennessee to serve, um, and we've got then a group of waypointers heading to war, West Virginia, that is, not actual war, uh, but war West Virginia to serve there. So yeah, keep them, I invite you guys, keep, keep them in your prayers, because um, uh, yeah, it's, if you've ever been on a mission trip, you know it can be really taxing, um, especially if you're away from family for a long time, so yeah, if you would, just... Uh, be mindful of them, be thinking about them, and praying for them this week. Last week, uh, we kicked off another three-week series called Imago Dei, uh, which means um, image of God in Latin. And our goal in this series is to better understand what it means to be made in the image of God. Because whatever it means to be made in the image of God is fundamental in understanding our meaning as humans. So that's why we're talking about this. Our focus last week was our purpose— and so we learned the Hebrew word for image in Genesis 1 when God created humans and how that word more literally means statue or idol. So when God made humans in his image, he literally was making idols of himself. And so we related the purpose of a statue or an idol to our purpose as statues or idols of God, made to resemble, reflect, and represent God to glorify him. Uh, because of this, we concluded that our purpose isn't, isn't something that we search for. 
but rather it is something we were created with. And so there is purpose with everything we do. And just as Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians, whatever we do, do it all for the glory of God. Genesis 1 is going to be like our home base uh, for us in this series. Um, So we're going to start there again uh, today, this morning. Uh, But I actually want to take it, I want to read it a little further. Um, So I invite you, if you've got your Bibles with you this morning, um, I I brought mine. I'm not just going to be reading it from my computer. uh, But uh, if you have your Bibles, I invite you, open with me to Genesis 1, to the beginning. Um, We're going to start there. We're going to start in verse 26 again. Um, So uh, it should sound familiar if you were here last week. Um, But like I said, we're going to read into it a little bit further. So here we are starting Genesis 1. Uh, verse 26. And I'm not there yet. <laughs> Turn the page. All right, here we go. Then God said, let us make man in our image, in our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air, over the livestock, over all the earth, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds in the air and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit and seed in it. They will be yours for food. And to all the beasts of the earth and all the birds of the air and all the creatures that move on the ground, everything that has breath of life, the breath of life in it, I give every green plant for food. And it was so. God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. So up to this point in the creation story, uh, God's been creating, and um, things were good. They were good. Okay? And like, to to emphasize that, I just want to read a couple things to you. Um, So here we go. In, in verse 6, let there be expanse between the waters, separate the waters from water. Um, so God made the expanse um, and from the waters above it, uh, and it was so. God called the expanse sky. There was evening, there was morning, the second day. Then God said, let the water under the sky be gathered in one place. Let the dry ground appear. God called the dry ground land, um, and then gathered the waters he called seas. And God saw that it was good. He goes on to talk about the plants and the trees, and God saw that it was good. He goes on to talk about the lights in the sky, the moon and the stars, and said that it was good. Then he goes on to say, he filled them, the, the living creatures in the sea, um, and he said it was good. And then he creates mankind. He creates humans. And what does he say about what he's made after humans? It was right there in verse 31. Very good. Very good. That is some high praise considering the rest of creation, right? I mean, have you ever gazed up at the expanse of the stars on a clear night sky? Like it's just, it's utterly immersive. Have you ever watched the sun set over water? Like it's mesmerizing. I actually have a photo. This is, um, this is of Lake Tahoe during what they call golden hour. And this moment, it is, like it is just, it's glorious, right? This is good. This is good. I would be over here like, this is amazing, right? But this is good. And perhaps one of my favorite sights to see happens actually just down the road from here, okay? It's, it's just east of where County Road 20 
and 27 intersect. There's a spot where you can overlook like all of the cornfields to the south. And around like 9 or 9.30 p.m. at this time of year, if you drive by real slow, you'll see what looks like waves of like tiny neon green flashing lights as thousands of lightning bugs are out glowing up in the corn. Or think about the food that we enjoy, like biting into a ripe strawberry or enjoying a freshly sliced watermelon or even grilling that corn, spreading some some butter over top, a little bit of salt, right? Oh, so good. Or or like if, if any of you have ever had Brian Bear's smoked pork, Man, it melts in your mouth. It is delicious. Okay, it's so good. Yet in comparison, in comparison to the awesome grandeur of nature or the indulgent, delectable food in this world, it is only when God creates human beings that the phrase very good is used. Very good. There is something so significant about human beings um, being brought into creation that causes God God to, to call it all very good. That significance is the value of what it means to be made in the image of God. Just like how our purpose is connected to our creator, so is our value. If if God is of great and immeasurable worth and value, then being made in his image must be of great value too. Understanding what it means To be imago Dei, friends, is fundamental in understanding our value as humans. I invite you guys, uh, we're going to turn to another place in Scripture. Uh, This is in Psalm 8. And uh, what we have here in Psalm 8 is a short poem from a poet who was definitely like reflecting on Genesis 1 and the image of God, the creation of humans. Um, And so we start off, we're just going to read this, we're going to read this Psalm 8. Lord, O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. From the lips of children and infants, you have ordained praise. Because of your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place... What is man that you are mindful of him, the son of man that you care for him? You made him a little lower than the heavenly beings. Um, I I have angels here, but I know you guys have uh, angels, or no, I have heavenly beings. I know you guys have angels. Sorry, I got that back mixed up. Uh, We'll get to that later. Um, Lower than the angels and crowned him with glory and honor. You made him rule over the works of your hands, and you put everything under his feet, all flocks and and herds and the beasts of the field, the birds of the air and the fish of the sea, all swim the paths of the sea. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all of the earth. Now, there is a lot to unpack here, but for today in this series, I just want to focus on two verses. Two verses that we find here in this this psalm, and we find them right in the middle of this poem. Verses 4 and 5. What is mankind that you are mindful of them? Human beings that you care for them. Right? In comparison to what the poet witnesses in creation, 
right? The stars, and I can only imagine what the night sky would have looked like back then, like with zero light pollution, right? I can only imagine, but the author says this about humans, like, what about humans that you care for them? He continues to say, you have made them a little lower than the angels. And here, the poet is reflecting on that moment in Genesis 1. Being a little lower than angels, that word angels is the same word used in Genesis 1 for image of God, God, Elohim, angels, Elohim. It's the same word. That's why some of the different Bible translations, that's why some of you might have heavenly beings. Some of your Bibles might even have God there. Okay, and because it's a reflection on Genesis 1. This poet is reflecting on that that moment in creation. So a little lower than Elohim or in the likeness of God because we are not God. We are not God. We are made in his likeness. And then he continues and says, and crown them with glory and honor. Crown them with glory and honor. This word glory right here is the word that I want to study for a second this morning. Because it is a word that just keeps showing up as we talk about what it means to be made in the image of God, as we consider what it means to be Imago Dei, we continue to see this word, glory. And last week, we talked about it in our purpose, as we represent the image of God, to glorify God. So we're going to look at this word, glory. The word, glory, in the Hebrew Bible is the word, kavod. Say it with me. Ready? Kavod. Yeah, kavod. Um, And this word, like many Hebrew words, has multiple meanings um, and uses, uh, but the literal, the literal meaning for, of kavod is heavy. And I don't know, yep, so I've got it up here. The literal meaning is, is heaviness, like something is heavy. Okay, there's actually, for example, there's a king. There's a king in the Bible um, named Eglon, um, and some of you might know this story. It's kinda, this, this story kind of gets like uh, poked fun at. If you know the story, it's supposed to be a pun because the guy gets, okay, we'll talk about that well, that's another, that's another sermon for a different time. Anyway, this, this king named Eglon, he's huge. He's massive. He's described in the scriptures as kavod, kavod. Literally meaning heavy, heavy. Like the guy, he, he's, he's big. He's a big guy. Very big guy. Huge. Okay, so it literally means heavy. And so we see this word used in its literal sense. And we also see it used in a way to describe something that has reputation or importance or honor. Okay, and this actually makes sense for us today too, because like if someone's opinion carries weight, it's important, right? If it carries weight, it's important. It has value. Part of what it means to be made in the image of God is that we are crowned with kavod, with glory, importance, value, created and considered very good, worthy simply because we are made in the glorious image of God. C.S. Lewis, probably one of my favorite writers, has a thought in his book, uh, it's The Weight of Glory, ironically, which is a bit redundant now that we know what the word glory means, right? Okay, so anyway, The Weight of Glory, and he has this idea, okay, and it says, if you were, he says this, if you were to truly grasp the glory, the value of the person sitting next to you, you would be tempted to bow before them. Think about that for a second. If you were to truly grasp the image of the person that is sitting next to you right now, the glory, 
that they represent, you would be tempted to bow before them. That's C.S. Lewis's thoughts. So how does, how does this value, the glory of being made in the image of God, that God crowns upon us, how does this affect the way that we reflect God and in turn glorify Him? What does this look like? Well, when you know your value, when you know your, your worth, your significance, in turn, you can bring that value, bring that worth into the lives and into the world around you. In other words, how we value ourselves and others can either bring glory to God or not. When we value ourselves and when we value others, we are bringing God kavod, glory, reputation, value. And when we don't, we don't bring God kavod. When we make choices and live our lives in ways that don't bring glory to God or ways that devalue God, the image of God that we were created in, and others, that's what we call sin. It's sin. And when we sin, we mar the image. We mar the image that we were created to reflect. Right? We devalue it. Think of like, a, like a, just a statue that continues to get moldier and, old and more decrepit as the years go by. We devalue it. We become tarnished, blemished. Scarred up images hardly resembling the glory of God's image. But the reality is the image is still there. Like that statue is still made in the image despite what's on top of it, the gunk over it. It's still there. The image is still there under it all. Just because we no longer fully bear the image doesn't mean we don't still bear the image. Doesn't mean that we weren't made in the image. And I think sometimes it's all too easy for us uh, to forget that even after the fall, sinful man still has the status of being in God's image. And you can find this in the scriptures. You can. Genesis 9, 6, this is after the fall. Whoever sheds human blood, by humans shall their blood be shed for the image of God has, for in the image of God, has God made mankind. Okay, or in the words of James, he says, with the tongue we praise our Lord, our Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. We still bear the image after the fall. Somewhere along the way, though, somewhere along the way, Christians have bought into the, into the lie that humans are terrible, that humans are ugly, humans are dirty, rotten, bad, evil beings. And this is, this is true only some of the time, friends. Humans make a lot of poor choices. I, again, I, I know I say this a lot, but I don't have to convince you of that. Just watch the news. There's terrible, awful things going on in the world right now. But this is a half-truth. 
This idea that humans are terrible, rotten, disgusting, ugly, evil, bad beings is a half-truth that undermines the value God created us with by creating us in his image. Hear me out. I'm not denying the reality of sin, but it is because of sin that we are a diminished form of what we are supposed to be, what we are created to be. It is by sin that we are deformed from the image of God, and it is through Christ that we are conformed back into the image, into the image of Jesus, who is the image of God, the one human who fully and perfectly bore the image of God, the one human who showed us our worth so much as to die for us. Friends, I don't know, uh, I don't know where you're at this morning, where you find yourself today. I don't know if you've ever struggled to see your worth or consider your life with value. But can I just tell you this morning that Jesus says you're worthy? That you are crowned with glory and honor. That when the creator of the universe wanted to create something in his image, someone more like himself than all of the rest of the creation, he created you. Not the starry universe or the abundant earth or the magnificent world of life all around us. You. You are more like the creator God than anything else. The culmination of God's work, his masterpiece, you. And despite our mistakes, our failures, our sin, which has greatly, has greatly marred the likeness that we bear to God, to the point of death, to the point worthy of death, that we deserve death, and yet Jesus sees you worthy. Jesus sees the image in you and calls you worthy of his life, worthy of glory, worthy of value and significance. Not because of anything that we have done or will do, but because we were created with it, created and crowned with glory to reflect that glory back out into the world, to see the value in ourselves and in others Because Jesus did. No matter how bad the image of God is is marred in someone else by sin, no matter how much you disagree or believe that they are wrong or whatever, whatever they post on Facebook, no matter any of that, all humans are made in the image of God. All humans still bear the image of God. And this is one of the ways that we can live out what it means to be made in the image of God. By representing him and fulfilling our purpose to glorify God. And we glorify God when we value ourselves and when we value others as image bearers. When we recognize the glory of the person sitting next to to us. And we treat that with respect and importance and value. Because Jesus did. 
band, if you guys would join me on stage. This idea of what it means to be made in the image of God has huge implications for us in many ways. Last week we talked about purpose. This week we identified the value that comes along with that idea. But this has huge implications for how we live out our life. We talked last week, whatever you do, right? Paul says, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Whatever you do. This includes how we, how we treat people, how we love people, how we respond to people. That, that is so important to how we bear the image. It's fundamental. We can bring glory to God in that way, in that capacity, just by how we treat others, or we cannot. We can devalue God's image. So, this week, whether you're spending your week serving, or resting, or working, do so. Do so mindful of your purpose and your value because of the image that you bear. It's a big deal. It's a big deal to be made in the image of God. Let us represent him well this week, friends. Okay. Amen? Amen.